Every empire needs a leader to encourage, energize, and elevate them. We are Eskimos Empire, and this is the Eskimos Coaches Show with our leader, Jason Moss, brought to you by Jiffy Lube, where you can earn a $100 travel credit. JiffyLubeService.ca. Here's Morley Scott with Jason Moss on Eskimos Radio, 630 Chad. and leads the Eskimos. Trevor Harris takes the snap, takes a drop, looks to the right side. He will throw, and that is complete inside the 10. Touchdown, Eskimos! Tavares Daniels takes the ball to the end zone. Evans rolls that way under pressure, and then on the run, throws deep downfield, and oh, what a catch. Touchdown, Hamilton. What an incredible catch in the end zone by Brandon Banks. Falling backwards, he's able to hang on to an incredible catch by Banks for a touchdown. 12-point lead for Hamilton. They're looking to add to that. Watford under center, and he's into the end zone. Touchdown, Hamilton. A season of ups and downs ends with a down. And a big loss to the Ticats here in Hamilton. 36-16, the final score. Well, that was the last game for the Edmonton Eskimos for the 2019 season. They make their third, uh, actually fifth conference final last six years, third in four years under this gentleman, Jason Moss. He's the head coach of the Edmonton Eskimos. And for the final time this season, we say welcome to the coach here on the Eskimos Coaches Show. Appreciate it, Dave. Well, uh, what have the last couple of days been like dealing with that that loss? Because, man, when it's over, it's just like you, there's no preparing for it. You're, you're preparing to pack for Calgary on Monday, and you're cleaning out lockers. Yeah, it's just one of those things. That everything comes to a sudden halt. I mean, the season's so long, but yet so fast. I mean, when you blink, it's over. Um, you know, anytime you end your season with a loss, it's it does definitely doesn't leave a very good taste in your mouth, particularly when you get as close to the division final, or um, and don't get to a Grey Cup, it hurts. Um, but having said that, when you get your team meeting, you look at your guys in the face one last time, you talk to everybody. You know, one of the things I wanted to leave them with was I'd rather them not think about the last game and think about the season in its entirety and uh, the positives of it. They've all been away from their families, or the most majority have been away from their families for six months and sacrificed a lot of time to, to make what we wanted to do happen. And so I really wanted them to think about some positive things so they can go home and, and hug and kiss their family and on, on a good note. And, uh, you know, and it was a, it was a very um, rewarding season in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. We accomplished a lot of things that we set out to do this time last year that we talked about. Um, I think we've laid a very, very solid foundation moving forward and very excited. Um, I'll say this. I'll say that everybody that I talked to, they didn't want to leave. They didn't Mm -hmm. want it to be over, and that's always a good sign that you have the right individuals and the right team going in the right direction at the end of the year. I mean, we talked to a few players after the game and even on Monday, and I'll bring Trevor Harris up. We're on a post-game show with Morley and I. He was almost in tears. I mean, it just shows you the camaraderie and how close the group is, and that's what you wanted to accomplish uh, from day one. Yes, I mean, it, it got brought up quite a bit in all of our meetings with the players, how close they felt, how different this year was, um, you know, and I commended them because it's one thing to have a vision. It's a whole other thing to get it across to your players and have them buy into it. And I thought they did a tremendous job of understanding the importance of that. 
and uh, and seeing it through. So you know, it was uh, it was it was neat. It was it, it was rewarding. Um, and again, you know, it didn't end the exact way we wanted it to end this year. But I, again, I think the foundation's there for many more of these opportunities in the future. Okay, we'll talk more about the season. We'll talk more about the game a little bit a little bit later on. Um, Got to talk about the elephant in the room right now. Um, I know Brock Sunderland said there's an evaluation process going on, which is you know, which is normal among a lot of organizations. Uh, he said you you and him will have discussions. Can you tell me what the nature of those discussions are like and where the process is? Yeah, at, I, I mean, guess. we've had we've had discussions the last couple of days, and you know, a lot of it's around surrounding the the things that you feel going forward need to be addressed, changed. You know, that were good, the bad, all that stuff of a season. And then ultimately, you need time after that to decompress and and figure out what the best direction is for the organization so i know we're still in those stages i know it's um it's a it's a a very important decision to go forward with so the time has to be um, had in order to make the correct decision and i'm good with that i mean we've we've had a lot of good discussions Uh, a lot of positive things have come from them so no matter what the decision that gets made it'll be a, the right one for the organization you expressed your desire and basically your feelings about edmonton obviously the eskimos but the city you know and there's some speculation maybe you're not happy or or, or you're you want to step down or, or things like that yeah. uh, i think you pretty much quashed that a couple days ago but speak about how important this team and how important this city is to Jason Moss. Yeah, I mean, I I don't know where those things would come from. I mean, I've lived here since 2002, year-round. Mm-hmm. Uh, my family is gone in, from 2010 to 2016, and I continue to stay here in the off-season and work. Um, I've uh, worked all over the Canada. I've been in big cities, small cities. And the one place I truly feel like is home is Edmonton for me. And when I came back to Edmonton four years ago, one of the main reasons I came back was because when Ed offered me the job, my wife told me she'd come home Mm -hmm. and be with me again and be with my, I could be with my son and my daughter year round. Whereas I was sacrificing a whole lot, being away from them, trying to make a living and do work two jobs, work an off-season oil job and work a coaching job um, in Toronto and Ottawa. So that was the main reason I came back to Edmonton was to be with my family and be somewhere I felt home. Um, It just so happens it was a dream job and a dream opportunity for me that I never thought would be presented to me. I was hoping, and in particular so early in my coaching career, I mean, you know, to have an opportunity to head coach five years in or four years into a career it, it, it was sudden and it wasn't un, it was unexpected i tried to do the best i could do learning on the job doing it uh, i've learned a tremendous amount i've been thrown a tremendous amount in mm-hmm. the first three years or first four years of this job um there's been a lot of ups a lot of downs a lot of things that weren't in my control that i've had to deal with um but st- through it all i've learned so much about myself and my family and this organization and there's not been one part of me that's ever wanted to quit on that or not been happy with it i've just dealt with things and a lot of people deal with them in different ways and um i'm a better person because of it i'm a better coach because of it um my desire to be in edmonton has never waned Mm -hmm. i want to see this through i want to win a championship here i feel very strongly that we're on the cusp of doing that again um and i'm gonna do everything in my power to see that through and do it um 
but you know when people look at me or you know think that this isn't the place I want to be that's uh, that's not the case Mm -hmm. I I definitely want to I had a goal in mind when I started here and I'd like to see that through and Mm -hmm. uh, we're not exactly there yet but we're on the right path and I'm still willing and able to do whatever it takes to make that happen. There's just something about this this city. You know, many players like yourself who, you know, uh, now as a coach stay here, many players stay here, retired players stay here. That's just, that's Edmonton. Yeah, I mean, I think it's whether you fit in here or not. I mean, I, I've always said it. I've got a number of friends that I've met here, my wife's met here, that I'm closer with here than I am any, my where I grew up. Mm-hmm. Um, this is the place I've called the home, called home longer than any other place I've ever lived. Um, I feel like I'm much alike Edmontonians and Canadians, even though I am an American. And mm-hmm. I've, uh, you know, my family's grown up here. My daughter's born here and been raised most of her life here. Um, my son, unfortunately, wasn't born here, but, uh, <laughs> you know, we do call Edmonton home, right. and I take that very seriously. I uh, take my work ethic and derive that from what I see the city is about, the blue-collar mentality, and, um, you know, I, I respect it. I respect this organization. I mean, there's that's also a big, big, huge part of it. You know, mm-hmm. I know the way it's supposed to be done here, and I, I want to hold myself to that standard. Um, you know, the, this this organization deserves a winner. They deserve the right people to do it, um, and they expect the right people mm-hmm. to lead it. And I feel like, you know, I feel very strongly that I'm one of those guys that is capable and want to and, and can do that, and uh, I enjoy it as well. I mean, so I live, I'm living a dream right now. However long that lasts, I don't know, but as long as I'm here, I'm going to give it my all because it's something I've I want to do. Let's talk about the Eastern Final because uh, it's still fresh. We'll talk about the rest of the season or the season as a whole a little bit later. Uh, 36-16, it didn't feel like a 20-point loss to me, um, but you, you go you go there, I thought your effort level, your battle level was really good, but two turnovers early probably set a really bad tone. Yeah, I mean, um, that's not the way you draw it up, <laughs> particularly on, on the road. I'd like to say this. I mean, if we would have flipped the script and they would have turned it over twice after not playing that week, everyone would have been like, oh, wow, the bye week didn't help them. Yeah. And here we go. It's going to be an upset. So, you know, 10, 10, and 0, 10 to nothing after two quick turnovers. Um, and then we had, you know, Hugh didn't have a great punt on one one um, possession that I thought we could have pinned him deep. And so that's three straight possessions where we didn't really execute the way we're capable of executing and got in a hole because of it. Having said that, you know, with 30 seconds to go in the half, it was a seven-point game. Mm-hmm. So we battled back, and I felt like we were moving the ball. I felt like we were getting stops. I felt like they were either, either they're getting a big play or getting stopped, and they were having to make plays, great plays, to even move the ball on us at times. So, mm-hmm. you know, it, it didn't feel like we were outmatched or outgunned or anything like that. It just was one of those games that just we didn't make enough plays, or when we had the opportunities to make plays, we didn't exactly come through. Um, they did. We also, and, and you never use excuses, uh, injuries as excuses, but we did have some uh, major injury with Shaq, mm-hmm. who was a huge part of some of the packages that we'd like yeah. to have ran, um, you know, that were different, more, much more like the 
the Montreal game plan where we were able to utilize a lot of personnel groupings. Mm-hmm. We were taken out of few of them because of a couple injuries and you know so we made them we made the best of what we had um they're a great team they're they have a great defense special teams offense so whenever you start off a little slow against those guys and they get some momentum and they have guys that can make plays you know the game can can see can be harder than what it needed to Mm -hmm. be and yet even it's a 20 point game but you know i look at it and i'm like man i wish i would have seen what could have happened with two minutes to go when we score and we're only down 14, we get one stop, we're down 14, we get a score and we maybe go for an onside kick. I mean, that's the belief we had. We yeah. had the belief that we could have done that, those things, but unfortunately um, that didn't come through. But you're right, the, the way we battled and the way we contested everything I felt from the moment the ball was kicked to the very end of the very last run we did, I felt our guys gave everything they had. They believed the whole time. If you looked at our sidelines throughout the entire game, no matter what was happening, guys were up, guys believed, um, and uh, it just wasn't our day. This is the Eskimos Coaches Show, the final Eskimos Coaches Show with Jason Moss for the 2019 season. Dave Campbell and for Morley Scott. We are here for Jiffy Louvre, Be Wise, and Winterize. We'll come back with uh, Jason Moss. We'll talk about a little bit more about the season and uh, also talk about uh, the Grey Cup matchup. Just from the perspective, uh, the two coaches are pretty good friends of Jason Moss. So we'll do that in a moment here. This is Eskimos Radio 630 Chad. The Eskimos Coaches Show with Moss and Morley. Brought to you by Jiffy Lube, where you can earn a $100 travel credit. JiffyLubeService.ca on Eskimos Radio, 630 Chad. Welcome back to the final Coaches Show for the 2019 CFL season and Eskimo season with Eskimos head coach Jason Moss, Dave Campbell, and for Morley Scott. Morley's uh, hanging out at Grey Cup 107 down in Calgary. When we look at your season, Jason, uh, it mirrored, your start mirrored, the previous season, six and three. Um, Trevor Harris's injury didn't help. Obviously, it was a two and seven stretch down uh, the back nine. You have to use Logan Kilgore, who I thought he showed a lot of moxie and a lot of understanding uh, of what you're trying to accomplish out there from execution. And he helped you make the playoffs mm-hmm. and a solid game in Montreal and a, a tough game in Hamilton. When you look at the halfway mark to the end of the season. Is that an area where you kind of go, man, what happened there? And is that something you got to look at? Yeah, I mean, the last two years we've 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 had different things happen to 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 spoil really fast and good starts to the season. Um, last year we went from being number two in the league in turnover ratio to number eight in the league by the end of the stretch. Yeah. So what does that tell you? Mm-hmm. We turned over the ball a ton. So you know you you look at those games and some of those games there was tip picks, there was guys with perfect ball security and a guy just knocks the ball out. I mean, things happen. Mm-hmm. But for whatever reason, we couldn't get out of the way of ourselves the last eight games last year or nine games. This year, your starting quarterback going down doesn't help. Wrapping the pl- up the playoffs with two games or three games to go doesn't help either because yeah. the last two games were pretty moot for us. It mm-hmm. wasn't like you could say, okay, if you were trying to win both games, maybe our record's a little different. you know. But either way... Um, we're definitely going to delve into the whys of it. 
um, you know, like I said, this year never have losing your starting quarterback and having a guy. If it's next year and this happens, Logan's better prepared to come in and play. Mm-hmm. Logan didn't even know he was going to play on our team until March lot this year. So it's not like he had a whole off season and he was figuring out our offense it was going. I felt he got more comfortable as the starts went on. Um, so, you know, all those things kind of factor into it. And we were also playing arguably the four best teams in the league for a four-game stretch of that, too. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I give some credit to the other teams for beating us, not, not exactly us losing those games. Yeah. Um, but I will say this. I mean, um, and I talked to Brock a little bit about this, and I've talked to our players and coaches about it. I mean, our first nine games of both years, we've started out fast. We practice a certain way. We have a high-volume um, practice. We have high volume plays we run on offense generally. We mm-hmm. run more plays than any team in our league generally. Yeah. And I think it's been the last four years we've done that. So I don't know if it's a point where we've been wearing our guys out, you know, through getting to the midpoint and yeah. then they kind of get their legs back under them because whatever we do, we figure it out in the playoffs. When you figure, okay, it's the end of the year, you're your most tired you're going to be, yet we've won three playoff games, two down the stretch. And two of those, you know, have been with poor. Uh, finishes. So, right. you know, I, I like to think that there's something to it that we're going to figure out as far as practice plans and lowering reps. And, you know, even this year, um, you know, having different guys on our practice roster to help different positions out in our D line. We didn't have a lot of guys around to help our D line mm-hmm. and they all practiced and played in every game. Yeah. So we, I think we, we got to look at, you know, the, the taking care of our guys a little differently, um, you know, and, the offensive wise, I mean, I think through the first nine games we had ran, I think we averaged it out. We had already ran four games more of plays than our defense had been on the field. So our offense, when it gets worn yeah. down, maybe that's just the reason uh, reason why we played. By the end of the year, we probably played 25 games total yeah. for play amount of plays. So whatever it is, there's definitely something to analyze there. Now, could it come down to just the four or five plays that get made every game and you just lost those down the stretch instead mm-hmm. of winning them in the first nine? Maybe. But, you know, that's for us as coaches to look at, to to compare the starts to the finishes, to see what the play calls were like, to see... Because as the season's going on, you're just trying to win ball games. You're trying to... It's hard to, to analyze every little detail. That's what yeah. a full offseason's for. So now that we've got two years' worth of data to kind of go through and say, okay, here were the starts, here were our losses, is there any consistencies? Right. You know, and if there is, great. We can probably fix them. And if there's not, then I think at the, sometimes you just got to say, hey, you know, we got to practice better, play better, coach better um, and have some things maybe fall our way differently. I don't yeah. know. I think on a defensive standpoint, just quickly, if you have a healthy secondary for once, that would be nice. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that. I'll tell, I'll tell you this. I mean, our, that was the one... Our offensive line and our, um, our secondary was ravished by injuries all year. Mm-hmm. So the consistency there, that's usually not great for an offense when your O-line's banged up and different guys are going in and out of your lineup, yet we were able to to put some things together there. And then defense, man, to have um, a secondary that's continually moving and evolving, and particularly with a new coordinator, they, there was no consistency there. It was hard to gain consistency yeah. because we were always moving pieces around. So if we would have played with the f- exact same people the first nine games and the exact same people the last nine games, it'd probably be pretty easy to mm-hmm. say, you know, one way or the other. But when your lineup's constantly changing, things are constantly changing, opponents, all that stuff, that's why there's more stuff to look at. Um, 
we will try to figure it out, obviously, and we'll put some onus on that. But ultimately, yes, I mean, those that the injuries to secondary doesn't help any, and injuries to O-line doesn't help any either. <laughs> we got about uh, well, 30 seconds to a minute here. So just a quick word on the Grey Cup matchup from a coach's perspective. Uh, two good friends of yours on the Hamilton Tiger Cats side, Orlando Steinauer and Mike O'Shea. With, with yeah, the I couldn't be more happy and excited to watch a Grey Cup with the two guy, gentlemen yeah. that are coaching their respective teams. Um, they're both solid individuals, people, character, high character individuals, great coaches. Um, you know, they were awesome to coach with. And I, you can see a little bit of both in their teams. Um, they're highly prepared people. Um, never leave one stone unturned. So they'll be ready for this game. It'll be very interesting to watch yeah. it. Um, I w- I've said it before early in the week. I wish the Grey Cup there could be a tie, but I know <laughs> there won't be because it's hard to choose who you want. I just like every other Canadian out there want to see a great game being played, and I think both those coaches will have it ready for that. Jason, thanks for your time all season, uh, whether it's this show with Morley, whether it's the media availabilities, our pregame meetings after games, it's been a, a pleasure so thank you very much. Appreciate it Dave, thank you Alright, that's the Eskimos Coach Show with Jason Moss for the final time for this 2019 Edmonton Eskimo season Morley Scott is in Calgary for Grey Cup 107, he'll have uh, Grey Cup reports all throughout the day tomorrow and on Friday and then on Saturday it's his uh, Grey Cup preview show from 4 until 6 the big game is on Sunday my name is Dave Campbell, the Eskimos Coaches Show with Jason Moss, brought to you by Jiffy, Jiffy Lube. Be wise and winterize. Have a good evening, everyone. Good night.